verse number 1. Exodus 16 and verse number 1. Exodus 16 and verse 1. Uh, the Bible says, And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots, and when we did eat bread to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day that they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. God's people... Uh, the nation of Israel, they have a history uh, of being very unstable. They're up one day and down the next. Uh, they are faithful one, at one moment, and then all of a sudden they fl uh, switch flips and they go completely a different direction. Uh, everything switches back and forth, and they can go from faithful to unfaithful, gracious and kind and obedient to vicious and it is just like an instantaneous switch have you ever known somebody that had a split personality one of my cousins had a split personality and she said that there were six of them in her and she would go from one person to a different person it was it was unbelievable and, you know, uh, here, we, in, in normal life, you see somebody that is, uh, they do something one day and then completely different the next day. It's just, we think, very unstable and what, what is wrong with them and they're not, uh, they're not solid. Uh, and here, when we look at the nation of Israel, that's what we see. Just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They're serving God, then they're uh, serving idols. They love the Lord, then they hate the Lord. They love Moses, then they hate Moses. I mean, it is, it is just back and forth, back and forth. And I guess this is not an Israel problem. It's a human problem. Because if we'll be, we'll be honest, we're up and down as well. We are more faithful one day than we are the next day. We are a witness for the Savior and a light one day, and then there's nothing coming out the next day. This last week, power went out. How many of you, the power went out? Anybody? All right, a few. Uh, power went out, and it, uh, it was amazing. We're sitting in the living room, and all of a sudden, the power went out, came back on. And then it went out, came back on. I mean, just pretty that about that close, and then it just went out, uh, and it was off uh, for several hours after that. Uh, but uh, you know, when that light goes off, all of a sudden it's like, okay, what's going on? Uh, and uh, with with the nation of Israel, the light 
would go on and off, on and off, over and over again. You know, I think we should probably learn from them instead of emulate them. I would rather learn from somebody else's mistakes than make them myself. I, I would rather witness what does not work and then just try not to do that so I don't face that issue myself. But so often, we have to learn for ourselves, And that's, that's really not why God gave us His Word. He gave us His Word and He said, these are written for our ensamples. These are the examples we can look and see what has happened uh, throughout history, throughout the nation of Israel, throughout uh, other believers' lives and see what they did uh, and that we can take some instruction uh, from that. Uh, but in our text, we are only uh, just uh, mere days away from some very huge miracles that you would have thought would have established the nation of Israel but it didn't. The great miracles that they experienced should have solidified their faith. It should have solidified their commitment to God. But it didn't. We see here in this text that the great miracle of the crossing of the Red Sea was just a little bit before. And let me say this, God, God knows what the difference between uh, the Red Sea and the Reed Sea are. All right? God, God knows what a, what a sea is and he knows what a swamp is. All right? You can travel across the swamp, uh, but you're not going to have a whole army drown uh, with horses, chariots, uh, and soldiers in, in a reed sea, in the, uh, a swamp. And so uh, don't, don't let these theologians who are trying to figure out how it happened, uh, there's a God in heaven who already told us what happened. Uh, and so don't let our faith get shaken uh, by some of these, these things that people put out. Uh, God's people walked across the Red Sea. Uh, and what a, what a victory that that was. But uh, the first Passover, uh, just days before, uh, just, uh, just a short period before, had been established. The death of the firstborn in all Egypt, it led to God's people being released from bondage. What a victory. They were cast out of the land. Uh, Egypt and these Pharaoh and the people, they were uh, get out of the land. And uh, so uh, they, they, they had that victory and Pharaoh and his people, his armies very quickly, they recognized they still wanted to have uh, the uh, uh, slaves. And so they followed after them. Uh, but God's people now, they, they have left Egypt and now they come up against that Red Sea. And uh, then they were trapped. The water was before them, and the nation of uh, the Egyptians were coming in behind them. Uh, take your Bibles, go back to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. And look at, with me at verse 10. Exodus 14, 10. 
And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us uh, to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word which we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the, the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children uh, uh, of Israel that they go forward. Uh, what do we find here? We find that that God's people uh, were, were at a spot where they are now doubting God. Uh, and, and I just love the charge that God has given to Moses and Moses has given to the people. You know, we always have hope. No matter how bleak the circumstances of life look, looks, we have hope. Why do we have hope? Because we have a God in heaven. Uh, and he is, uh, he is not a, uh, a God who is sitting on a rocking chair up in heaven uh, just trying to keep his eyes open. Uh, he is not, as the deists say, uh, that he has created the world and now he'll sit back and uh, just observe what mankind does. No, we have a God who, who deals in the affairs of man's, mankind. Uh, and he is actively engaged in our world. That means that he is actively engaged in our life. That means we have hope, all right? And so here, uh, direction that God gives Moses uh, to further uh, the instruction for the people. Uh, go to uh, uh, chapter 14 and look at verse 21. It says that Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry. Uh, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on their left. Can you imagine what what an amazing event? God uh, blows through and the waters are all parted back and you have a wall of water. I can imagine walking across that and it was dry ground. Now, how many of you have ever been to the ocean? All right. Uh, have you been at low tide? And you go at low tide and you keep going out, and you keep going out, and you get past the sand, and you get into the muck. When I was a kid, my parent or my grandparents, uh, they owned a house, and it was overlooking the Puget Sound. Uh, and we would go down to the bay, uh, we'd play in the water, but we'd also, when when the tide would go out, we would start going out. Uh, to be able to grab the different uh, uh, shells that were there. We would uh, look for clams. Uh, we would take the, uh, uh, the kelp. We'd grab the kelp whips, uh, have fights. Did anybody ever have a fight with a kelp whip? Uh, man, it's fun until somebody gets hit. Uh, and so anyway, uh, we'd go out there, but you start walking through that, uh, that mire. It is a gray, stinky 
mess. That water goes away, and that mud has an odor to it. And we would walk out, and we'd have that mud up to our, just below our knees. And that stuff was like a clay. I mean, it didn't just wipe off. And you could spray yourself, and it's still with a hose, and it's still not coming off. You'd have to scrub a little bit, uh, and we'd scrub enough to be able to get our shoes and socks back on. We still stunk. Uh, but uh, we'd get out into that. And you know what? Uh, I can't even imagine God pulls the water back, and all of a sudden it's dry ground. That is, that's a miraculous event that's going to take place. And uh, moving uh, three and a half million Jews across the Red Sea to the other side. Uh, and uh, what God did is, is amazing. It was a miraculous event uh, to see how he rolled back the waters. And then uh, we see uh, how, how with that, uh, there was also another miracle that is going to take place. Uh, look at verse number uh, 24. Uh, of the same chapter. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels that they, that, uh, they drave them heavily so that the Egyptians said, let us free, flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. Let me tell you something. Uh, this, this will be a comedy to watch. I can't wait till we get to heaven. Uh, I think the Lord is going to let us get to see some of these events. Uh, and you say, Pastor, what verse is that in? That's in 1 Kerry 1.1. 1, 1. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I don't know how it's all going to work out. But what I do, I, I can envision these chariots. And they're chasing after these soldiers on these chariots and horses. And all of a sudden, the wheels start going off. I mean, it's like a cartoon, uh, what is taking place here. Uh, and God, God, all of a sudden, uh, the, the uh, Egyptians realize God is fighting for Israel. You know what? God's fighting for us. God, God is uh, our heavenly Father, and He's going to take care of us. Uh, and so, uh, verse 26, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength, when the morning appeared and the Egyptians fled against it and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea and the waters returned and, and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. What a victory. What a victory. You know, there's no victory without a battle. We want the victories without the battles. But there has to be a battle for there to be a victory. And with that, for us to see the goodness of God and to see the miracles and see him working on our behalf and see what he is going to do, that means that uh, we are going to face some things that maybe we don't want to face. But it's in those times where we see God work. We see those victories. So what a victory. Uh, we see a victory when they leave Egypt. 
But then we have an obstacle or a trial called the Red Sea. We see a victory when they cross the Red Sea onto dry ground, but then we see uh, an, an obstacle or another uh, trial where the armies of Egypt are pursuing. We see a, a victory when God destroys Egypt and the, uh, the armies of Pharaoh in the Red Sea, but then all of a sudden we find ourselves immediately with another trial, another obstacle. Go to Exodus chapter 15. We find that they get to the waters of Marah. They're three days now into Egypt or into the, the wilderness. And they go to Marah. But the waters were bitter. You remember Naomi? She said, don't call me Naomi, call me Marah. For the hand of the Almighty hath dealt bitterly with me. It's because the term Mara means bitter. And here, when they went to Mara, the waters were bitter. And so look with me at verse 22, Exodus 15. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Mara, they could not drink of the waters of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. So now we have another... Another battle, another obstacle, another event, another opportunity to see God work. A victory could be right around the corner, or it could be something that just sidelines the people. So let's go to chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16 and verse number 1. It says, And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, uh, which was... Oh, I'm sorry, I missed something here. Uh, so uh, in Exodus 15 and verse number uh, 22, we had Marah, uh, but then right after that, uh, we had... Uh, they came to Elam, and when they came to Elam, uh, we see that when they were in Elam, that there were 70 palm trees, uh, there were 12 wells of water, uh, and God blessed them uh, there. And so, so now uh, they, they are going to leave there. Uh, look at, and that's in Exodus 16. He says, and they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after the departing out of the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron and in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full, for ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. They're up, they're down. They're up, they're down. They're up and down over and over again. They're victorious and then they're a victim. They're victorious and then they're a victim. And it was just going back and forth. And such a story uh, of what takes place and what has transpired. And... So with that, though, 
uh, what do we see? We see how God is a God that is going to take care of his people. God takes care of his people. And no matter the burdens that we face, God knows them. And he is there. And so tonight, this is, uh, that was all introduction. And so, uh, so I'm going to have to give you these points quick because I've got 10 minutes and then we're done. Uh, but, but with this here, I, I see so many comparisons in my own life. And you see it in, in people in general, just up and down, up and down. And we have to realize that, that God is with us all of the time. And every obstacle that we face, we know there's an opportunity to see a victory. There's an opportunity to see what God's going to do. He is not surprised about our situations. He was not surprised by anything that happened to the nation of Israel, and he is not surprised by what is going on in your life right now. If there are problems in your life that you have brought upon yourself, God does, he, he knew that you would be there. If there are problems that you are facing that are completely out of your control, God knew that you were going to be in that position. No matter what situations we, we encounter, the Lord knows where we're at. And I want to speak to you on the subject, life-giving rain. Life-giving rain. And you'll see that here in a second. Father, I pray that you'd help us just in these next few moments. Help me to be able to help our people uh, in our own faith, and uh, Lord, our trust with you, and so help us, please, tonight, for Christ's sake. Amen. So we can find ourselves in that same situation. Uh, the blessings of God are enjoyed and rejoiced in, but when our faith is challenged or tried, we often find ourselves in a bad place. What did Israel do? They were tried and as they found themselves in that spot, they were murmuring, they were complaining, and they were doubting. Does that sound familiar? Murmuring, complaining, doubting. Uh, what were they doing? They were doubting God. They were doubting God's goodness. They were doubting God's love. They were doubting God's care. They were doubting God's provision. And this doubting uh, usually results in attacking uh, not only God's goodness, but also the people of God, uh, the spiritual leaders even in your life. Uh, Moses found himself on the raw end of the deal. Moses did not create any of these issues. He didn't create the problem. He didn't put anybody in slavery. Uh, he wasn't the one that came up for the with the plan uh, of the Passover. He wasn't the one that uh, chose the, the direction that he was going to go. Uh, God, God is the one that was leading all through that. Uh, and so Moses was in the same boat as everybody else was in. So what do we need to do when we are facing an obstacle? Number one, trust God. Trust God. Amen? What are we supposed to do when we're facing an obstacle? Trust God. Let's say that together. You ready? Trust God. It's easy to say, isn't it? Trust God. We, we need to trust God when it works how we want to, it to come out. But we also have to trust God if it doesn't work out how we want it to turn out. 
Trust God. Uh, Exodus 16, verse 4, he said, Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread. I will rain bread. Praise the Lord. Uh, and what do we see? Uh, we see that uh, there is living rain. Uh, there is blessings that come from what God provides. He knows exactly what we need. And there is nothing that can stop God from providing what we need. He was going to rain bread. I mean, if there's going to be rain coming out of the heavens, I'm expecting it's going to be wet. I'm expecting it's going to be precipitation. It's going to be water. Uh, uh, it's going, and that's what's supposed to happen tomorrow. We're supposed to get some water. Uh, but it's supposed to rain. Uh, and with this, what do we see? Life-giving rain. God knows how to send what we need. He said it was going to rain bread from heaven. Those next two words, for you. For you. God can send you exactly what you need. What a blessing. But we got to trust God. we got to trust God that he is going to do what he says. Uh, so the Lord said he was going to rain bread from heaven. It was life-giving uh, rain. It was the provision that they had to have uh, to meet that urgent need that they were facing. So trust God. Number two, uh, number one, trust God. Number two. Look at past victories. Look at past victories. Uh, when, when you are facing that obstacle, don't just look at that obstacle. Look at what God has already done. Look at the battles that he has already fought on your behalf. Look at the victories you have already experienced. Don't just look at the problem, because if you do, uh, it's going to discourage you. It's going to defeat you. Uh, but when we, we recognize, hey, there is something here, I'm just going to keep trusting God. And when I start doubting his strength, I've just got to turn around and look at what he has already done. Look at the day of your salvation. Amen? Look at the day when you got saved. If you don't know when that day is, you, you need to get saved. Uh, you might not remember the date of that, but you better remember the day of it. You better remember what took place in your life. Uh, remember the day of your salvation. Uh, remember the days of deliverance in your life, how God has led you and directed you. Uh, for some, uh, there has been bondage of the vices of sin that you have been delivered uh, out of alcohol and drugs and immorality and hate and envy and jealousy uh, and and the, God has delivered you out of that. For some of you, God has delivered you from ever getting into it. Amen. Uh, and that we need to praise him for that. Those are victories. Uh, uh, deliverance uh, from the bondage and vices of sin. Deliverance from yourself. Hold your place here in Exodus. But go to 2 Timothy, if you would. 2 Timothy. Deliverance from yourself. Here in the pastoral epistles, the apostle Paul is writing to Timothy and he's giving him instruction uh, as a pastor, uh, what he is to try to do and to help. Uh, 2 Timothy 2, 24, he says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, 
in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Uh, what, is he, what is he telling me? He's saying, listen, uh, the teaching of the word of God, the instruction of God's word, God's word, what does it do? It helps deliver those who are opposing themselves. They are fighting against themselves. And you know what? Uh, God gives victory over our own self. What a blessing. Those that oppose themselves, those that are knowingly going in a wrong direction, uh, and the, the teaching, preaching uh, is to help them that they will have repentance to the acknowledging of the truth so they do not continue down that path. Uh, and uh, there's so many things to be thankful for. I'm thankful for the blessings that the Lord has brought into my life. So many blessings. Presence of God. The absence of satanic control. The victory shared with the people of God. Answered prayers and lessons learned. People to serve and suffer alongside with as we're in this journey of life. There's so many blessings. We need to trust God, but we need to look at past blessings. We've got to look at those past victories. Thirdly, don't become a victim. Don't become a victim. You are only a victim if you make yourself a victim. Don't become a victim. If you become a victim, you are at the beck and call of whatever's happening. The circumstances are in control. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of, uh, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And you and I, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We're not victims. Now, ha are there people that have been victimized? Yes. But just because we are in a trial does not make us a victim. We have a loving Heavenly Father. And we have a sin nature. And th there is a curse to being on this side of that sin nature. And that curse and that destroyer who is on this side, the Lord has come that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly, but he has come to destroy and to kill. And so don't, don't allow yourself to be a victim. God is not against you. God is not your enemy. If you're a child of God, you should know that God loves you. God loves you. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Uh, don't become a victim. You, you start looking at, God loves me. I don't, I don't understand why he allows things to come in people's lives. But I know God loves me. And I know God loves you. And we're not victims. If God has chosen to allow something to come into our life... There is a purpose. We look at an entire book by the name of Job. 
And what is it? It is to show us Job experienced all these hurts, not because he was sinful, not because he was doing something wrong, not because God hated him. God was allowing that uh, to go into Job's life, and God was getting glory by Job's response and Job's love towards him, no matter what happened in his life. Trials are going to come. Number four, when we are weak, he is strong. Now go to Psalms 68. And this is where the entire message came from. Psalm 68. David, the psalmist here, he is in a battle. We don't know what the battle was. But what we find in Psalm 68, verse 7, the Bible says, O God, when thou wentest forth before thy people, when thou didst march through the, mil- the wilderness, Selah, The earth shook and the heavens also dropped at the presence of God. Even Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Thou, O God, did send a plentiful rain, whereby thou didst confirm thine inheritance when it was weary. You know what David is doing? David is in the middle of a trial, of a burden, and he is reliving what God did in the wilderness. And he said that God confirmed his inheritance. His people were his inheritance. God confirmed them, and in doing so, he said that thou didst send a plentiful rain. Plentiful rain. What was that rain? That rain, he's referring right back to the manna that came down from heaven. You know what David's doing? He's encouraging himself in the Lord. Twice in those verses, he talks about the presence of God, the presence of God. And in doing so, what do we find? We see that there is life-giving rain. God gives what we need He knows how to give us exactly what we need. And you and I, we're going to face those battles and we're going to face those heartaches and things aren't going to go our way. But there's a God in heaven that is right there. And we've got to trust Him. We've got to look heavenward and say, okay, Lord, I know how you acted back here. I see how you you have blessed, you have cared for. You know what? That is what got David through the burden that he was facing at that moment. We just got to keep on trusting the Lord. Trust the Lord. And as we are trusting the Lord, we will be able to see that rain. If we don't trust, we won't ever recognize it. We won't even witness and see the things that God is doing in our life to help us, to nurture us, to strengthen us. He's there. He'll help us. But we've got to see it. And if we're trusting him, we will. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Uh, Thank you for just uh, your goodness. You are such an amazing God uh, that we get to serve. And I pray that you'd help our people tonight and a lot of different burdens and struggles. Uh, But Lord, all of us corporately as a church family and individually as believers, we just need to trust you. 
And so I pray that you would help us uh, to be able to have our faith and our confidence and our trust in you. So bless now, please. Speak to hearts for Christ's sake. Amen. We'll just have a short invitation tonight. Let's stand together. The Lord spoke to your heart tonight. You respond. Respond. Life-giving rain. He's there. He'll meet those needs.